Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Constructing the Clubhouse, the number one comedy podcast about building a new comedy club. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew John Murtha. Joining me, of course, is my amazing co-host, John Ellis. Hello. Happy Monday. Happy Easter Monday. Oh, that's right. Yep. Thank God. Thank, thank God for Easter. Here we are. Yes. So if you guys are just joining us for the very first time, this is a podcast about our experiences building the comedy club. It's called Comedy Clubhouse here in Barcelona. Uh, Johnny Boy. Yeah. How's the past week been? Just, we have a great guest. We'll get to him in, in about 10 minutes, but I want to know anything big off of your... Uh, what was the big things? I mean, Easter weekend, I was expecting to be amazing and it hasn't been as good as I thought, I think. Yeah. We had daylight, I think daylight saving has made being outside in Barcelona awesome. Like everyone's been going to the beach, everyone's been swimming. We're only open till five o'clock. Uh, so it's been less popular here than I, than I thought. I find myself praying for rain, <laughs> like a farmer or something. Every, every weekend I'm like, please like thunderstorm, thunderstorm. That'll be perfect, you know? Excellent. Yeah, it was a little bit low, but I think it was still pretty good. Not bad. Actually, Saturday was amazing as well. So we sold out, almost sold out the French show, uh, which was cool because we canceled it the week before. And the gong show was amazing as well. So. All right. And then coming up this week, we have a very, this this will be our first week of seven days of shows, yeah? Yep, that's right. Uh, and two shows on Thursday, new show on Thursday. Uh, I'm doing today in the afternoon, which anyone listening to this will have already missed. I'm doing a show called Holy Shit, That's Funny, uh, Religion Jokes. Reverend Dr. Matthew Mirth is going to join us. Amen. Uh, our guest, Andre De Frutas, is going to perform. He's going to do five minutes. I hope that's good. Yeah. So do I. Oh my gosh, who is that? Um, uh, do you want to do some promotion, make some money? Yeah. Yeah. Always? Oh, Always. that's right. Uh, let's get through our lineup and then we'll thank our sponsors, yeah? Okay, cool. All right, so today we've got Holy Shit. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we have... Uh, Pro Comedians, New Jokes. That's right, the worst named show ever. Um, Wednesday, amazing magic hour. The magic hour, which is already almost sold out. Uh, so grab your tickets quick. Is it this week that we have set list? Yeah, that's on Wednesday as well. So that's Wednesday at one o'clock. A show that I'm co co running. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So Alba's actually running that, uh, and that's going to be cool. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. And then you were saying there's two shows on Thursday. Uh, no, I was thinking of Thursday. So Thursday's just Marnie's show. Midday uh, Murph with Marnie Manning at two thirty. Right. I'm still annoyed that I didn't. Somehow I got passed over for hosting the, the hosting job for Midday Mirth. Yeah, it works with Me, your name as Dr. well. Dr. Matthew Murtha Mid is not hosting the Midday Mirth show. Yeah, Midday Midday Mirth with Mac Matthew Murtha. I feel like it's a bit more of a tongue twister though for some reason. Midday Mirth with Matthew Murtha. Those yeah, Murthas tend to be tongue right. twisters. <laughs> All right, and then Friday I'm hosting the amazing Comedy Bomb Shelter. Now we had a great show this past Friday at the Bomb Shelter. Surprisingly, we had like 20 reservations, something like that, right? Yeah. It was good. Um, weren't expecting it to be good. I don't know why we weren't expecting it to be good, but it turned out to be yeah. dynamite. The new exciting news on that is I'm, I'm taking on the magician Harris Feldman as a co-runner for our our comedy bomb shelter show. Yeah. Should be good. He's proven himself already, and he's, he's moving up in the world of the, the comedy clubhouse yeah. hierarchy. All right. And then two more days. So Saturday, gong show. Saturday, uh, French stand-up en français, uh, and the comedy Dorothy Gong Wild. I'll get a different host this week. We had D Riel host uh, this past Saturday, which was cool because I didn't have to do anything and she did an amazing job. Uh, and this week we're going to have Andy Casper. That's right. And then Sunday? Sunday Funday. Sunday Funday. The very best new material open mic 
in all Sunday. the world. Yeah. All right. All right. Before we introduce our guests, we have, uh, sorry, buddy, but we got to thank our sponsors. You know, they make this all happen. Um, our first sponsor we would like to thank are the makers of Fuck Off, the number one fuck remover. Tired of caring? Do you want to ignore an issue that but can't seem to stop thinking about it? Try Fuck Off today. Fuck Off is the nation's number one leading fuck remover. Fuck Off secret formula removes all the fuck out. It takes all the fucks away from your day, and it is even great on those very tough fucks. We promise, once you've tried Fuck Off, you will have zero fucks to give or your money back. Fuck Off today. This show is also sponsored by Orgasms. Do you want to increase your endorphins, burn calories? Have you been feeling sensations of low self-esteem? Try Orgasm. Now for women. Orgasm, originally really great, actually safe method, is the number one proven method to burn calories while reducing stress. Four out of five doctors agree Orgasm is the only alternative medicine that actually works. Try Orgasm today with the promo code COMEDYGASM and receive a free entry to the heart of the open mic comedian of your choice. If you experience nausea or signs of dizziness, seek medical help as these are signs of low blood pressure. Uh, may cause sleepiness, hungriness, and in some cases, mild cases of the cuddles. In some cases, been known to cause attachment not intended for children. If you experience severe side effects, please re-examine your life. Yeah. Good. Orgasm. <laughs> orgasm. Uh, I highly recommend it. I use orgasm two or three times a day myself. Yeah. Usually by myself. All right. Let's get to the exciting part, all right? The reason why we're here, we have the amazing Portuguese comedian, Mr. Andre de Fritas. Welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this is the first podcast I've ever been where the, like, the hosts do 15, of, 15 minutes before like, bringing me on, and I'm just here. Way, like, you guys can't <laughs> see it. I'm just in this tiny little bunker looking at them do the, their bits. Yeah. I'm like, good to be here. And Matt keeps pointing at me like, we'll get to you in a minute, all yeah. right? Yep, yep. But yep. I'm very happy to be here, guys. This is a great job you're doing here. Love the room. Fantastic. So, we great. like to build the anticipation uh, before bringing the guest in. We like to sort of let you boil away there for a little while. Because yeah. uh, I don't know if you know, big honor. You're only the second guest to ever join this podcast. Uh, so. I know. I've heard. And the first thing he said to me is like, the first one was a success. So no pressure. <laughs> uh, don't blow it. Exactly. I mean, it's funny. Uh, I was hearing you guys' sponsors. Funny, guys, I've got the same sponsors. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I use orgasm a lot, fuck off <laughs> a lot. I mean, they're big in the comedy industry. Yeah, Huge right. players. Yeah, yeah. Now, Johnny Boy, you had a question for our esteemed guest. I have a couple. I don't know if you can tell. We don't plan this out too much, so I don't know much about you. We were just uh, we just met. I typed notes, John. I Did typed you notes. The, you didn't send me the notes. No, but we have been talking. You've just come back from Dubai, right? You, you've just yeah. been performing in Dubai. Can you tell us what you, what you're up to there? Dubai, anything? Nice. I couldn't afford it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just there. I just did two nights there. It was it was cool. I did it with the Laughter Factory. Um, really stressful, not having performed in a while. And then the mm -hmm. first kind of gig that you jump on is like the World Trade Center, and they're like, and they kind of psych you out a little bit. They're like, hey, just so you know, Jimmy Carr was here last week, and it was a huge hit. Just like, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. You, you should have been like, what? He couldn't stick around to open for me. Exactly, and it's almost like he's got a career to tend to. Please. Uh, but uh, it was it was really it was slightly stressful because it's so outside at least my my comfort zone in terms of when they get there's like contractually you can't talk about the royal family yeah you, say you can talk about anything up, man that's yeah. crazy and there's a um, in every show that you do there's a representative from the government there looking at you to check to check every show to, to make sure it's not about the royal family yeah, yeah wow. that's yeah, crazy yeah. man what's that room like 
So we did two different rooms. Uh, so the first room was the Dubai World Trade Center. We did a hall, which was huge. I mean, definitely not what you want for comedy mm -hmm. because the stage was so high and the distance was so big and the ceiling was so big. How many people? Like a hundred people, which was like what they let us, but that's like a thousand yeah. people. So it's, so it's, it's like one of those big conference halls. But yeah, exactly. I felt like I should be introducing a new phone, not yeah. doing comedy. Um, and then the second room was really lovely, uh, which was uh, Key E2 on the Queen Elizabeth boat. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. So they have a theater inside a boat, which is, I guess, a pretty famous boat. I don't know. And that room was really beautiful. And I learned that Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin had performed on that stage. Sick. And I was like, wow, That's it's really cool, rough yeah. times for you guys to have me on. Hmm. The lineup was uh, Portuguese, Romanian, and Filipino. <laughs> and you're like, God damn, you're getting the help to do the entertainment Yeah, that's now. what I was just thinking. <laughs> COVID's helped a lot of people, I think, in that regard. Because it's like people aren't traveling as much. And if you're obviously you are willing to just go anywhere and do anything. And it's I think you can, can get opportunities. We've got this opportunity as a result of COVID. We couldn't afford this place at all otherwise. So. Yeah, uh, yeah so how did it come good. about for you guys? Was it like... Was it a project that you already had in mind or was it the opportunity came and you were just like, I'm just no, going to jump I've been, on it? No, I've been running a show out of here on Friday nights for probably the last three years, maybe even four now. I don't remember. And so I've always loved this this play, the, this location in the room and always, of course, then fantasized about having a club here. And then when the, the quarantine hit, the landlady didn't give the, the bar's owner or the bar's, run, you know, I don't know what manager or whatever, any type of break on the rent. And so after a couple months, he had to close up shop. And then, uh, you know, some months of the place being empty, the land, the landlady all of a sudden decided that, hey, she would actually like some money. Yeah. So I approached her and I was like, hey, if we paid you dirt, would you take it? And we, you know. She was, yeah, she was smart and she knew what her situation was. So we gave her our, our just our best offer like like this is our dream situation and she was like yeah cool sounds good so that's amazing and it's like we'll give you money and free comedy she was like i'll take it without the comedy yeah, like, <laughs> don't need the comedy thanks uh, still hasn't come to the show no one's no yeah. one that we've like been working with as part of this part they've all been like yeah we totally want to come we're gonna come the uh distributor yep. hot distributor sells us beer uh she promised to come with all of her friends and she hasn't come yet uh, carlota this carlota. I, let's be let's call her out man Carlotta, what's up, Carlotta? Yeah, I know that she listens to the podcast too. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, what so kind of beer do you have here? Two kinds. We have uh, San Miguel and San Miguel Selecta. But we're shopping around. No, <laughs> no, we've we've got some some IPAs and some craft beers and we've stuff. Got some good stuff. Um, so, what's your story? Because you obviously you travel the world quite a lot doing comedy. So you got a bunch of different cities. You said you you performed in I don't know loads of places. Yeah, uh, a few different ones. A few different ones. When you enter. So, so let's, let's use Dubai as an example. You go there, you spend a day in, in Dubai, you sort of see the city, you have your normal kind of set you're going to do. Do you try and like at the top of your set, do something locally based? Do you, do, do, is that a conscious thing you do or is it just if you, you sort of think of something? Yeah, no, definitely. I try to. Uh, everywhere I go, I do a little bit of research on the place. Uh, I haven't had the chance to do that here in Barcelona because I just got here, but I try to spend a day and doing it, which is actually weirdly, I was watching the, the documentary Comedian just a couple nights ago, which I'm sure you guys have all seen numerous times. It's the Bible for comics. And they always say, don't do new material at the top. Yeah. But if you're going to talk about somewhere, you know, that you're just performing, 
Yeah. It would be weird to mention it in the middle of your set. <laughs> yeah, you have it to be like, I in. just got in and this or something, yeah. Yeah, it, like you wouldn't open and be like, yeah, so I lived in London and here's the thing about London. Midway through, be like, I mean, Dubai, huh? Whatever, people, it wouldn't make sense. So you have to kind of take those risks on. So both nights I did about five minutes on Dubai and I changed. So I did a five minutes on the first night and then I saw a couple of different things that didn't work or wouldn't work in a different room because they were specific to that first yeah. room. Then I kind of moved it around a little bit. And I always find that that really helps the show because people want to feel like you're not just passing by and that you don't give a shit. Yeah. So when you actually make an effort to learn a little bit about the city that you're in or the country or what their experience like right. as internationals or expats is, they always appreciate you and it, they give you a bit of grace on that. Mm -hmm. How did you land those gigs anyway? <laughs> uh, I, no, because uh, I've been wanting to go to Dubai for a while. Yeah. So just out of curiosity. Well, I got recommended... Uh, Sorry, just tasting this sweet, sweet San Miguel. <laughs> San Miguel Selecta. Brought to you by Carlotta. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't show up to the shows. Um, I um, Yeah, I, I got recommended by someone, uh, and the promoter looked at my stuff. She was like, and then got in touch. Like, would love you to have you come around. And usually those specific gigs are a 10-day run, mm -hmm. and it's like five-star hotels the whole way through. Okay. You know, everything paid for and it's like five shows on the marina Sounds so good. they couldn't do it this time around so they had to do in big venues because that was what the government allowed so we can only do two nights but uh it makes a whole difference i mean when you work with promoters mm -hmm. that are just like at another level and like how they treat the comics and everything's yeah, taken sure. care of you, you know you guys know that 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 experience makes a whole world of difference. Yeah, yeah, it's always great to get your ass kissed. Yeah. I mean, sure. That's why I got into this business. <laughs> to get your I ass had no, no other chance <laughs> of like getting it done after now after shows whenever I meet like someone who, who enjoys my comedy. I was like, listen, I want my ass kissed yeah. like, in a sexual way. More. Oh, I definitely did not mean that, but all right. That's good. But I mean, it works on both senses, at yeah. least for me. But yeah, so... It just came about in that way. Um, that someone recommended me, and then and it worked out. Uh, it, which was cool because I don't think I would have gone to Dubai. Otherwise, I, I'm not like, you know, you just said you wanted to go. I never had that thing. I was like, oh my god, I really want to go. I'm curious, but I, I don't think I would have. So how is your? You said that you're planning on touring. How is that going to work for you? What were you, where were you looking to tour, and what were you looking to do? Well, so I guess for the. The people that don't know me, which is, I guess, all of them. Uh, I uh, I lived in London for about four and a half years. And I, I was based in London. And then I worked around uh, Europe. And then last year, I moved to... I went to Portugal, where I'm from, to do a tour. And before I could start that tour... Oh, right. okay. Then the... So yeah. this was going to be a tour of your Portuguese work, Yeah, right? I was going to do I was gonna do a tour in uh, Portuguese and... Uh, and you weren't going to promote that yourself, though? No, no. I had my management do all of that stuff, and they take care of, uh, they take care of uh, the posters and uh, the, the PR and all of that shit. I, don't, I just tell them what I want them to say, and then they do it. That's what we should get. We should get one of those managers. Yeah, right? Well, I, I, so I, I was kind of bringing that up or curious about it, because when we, were, we had talked about maybe setting up a solo show for you, 
And right now, I think our capacity is only to be able to work with people that are kind of like touring and promoting themselves. Like Victor, for instance, is the mm-hmm. model citizen of comedy. <laughs> he can show up to any town, make loads, loads of friends and sell out his own show like like that. And um, I think we can we can support the, those those comics right now with where we're at. We don't quite have the infrastructure in place to be able to to do all the, the promotions for, for a visiting comic. We're promoting a lot of shows ourselves, or I'm, yeah. pro- I'm promoting a few shows myself. So it's kind of like if I were to spend a lot of time trying to get a, a visiting comic and charge 10 euros for tickets, then I just end up using my time doing something else mm. instead of selling tickets for my show that honestly I don't have to pay comedians as much for on a Saturday and people pay 10 euros for anyway, you know? So, right. I, I mean, I think it's all about... so. Different countries have different infrastructures and, mm-hmm. and the way that people work is always different. So when I reached out to you guys about doing that, obviously I had no idea. I was like, oh, I knew that you have a venue. And then I imagine that you have a, a, a promotion infrastructure within your venue. Yeah. So Some. when you have that, then yeah. you can introduce a new show. It's like, hey, we've got this guy. Yeah. He's done this. He's been like on BBC or Comedy Central or this or this or that or that. And I could – and then maybe – Whenever you have visiting comics or new shows, yeah. you can kind of put them in in your already existing uh-huh. um, yeah. advertising. Yeah. Well, and that's really the hope. Like me personally, I want to get to the point where every weekend we have slots for fringe solo shows, essentially. Yeah. Or fringe style solo shows, you know. And I, I mean, promotion here, it, it's really just, it seems to be a matter of putting a, a safe chunk of money towards Facebook and then posting once or twice a day. Yeah, once the pixel starts kicking in, that'll be easier. That's that's the ideal though. I want like basically a template for, for all the different social media stuff I need. And then Andre comes one weekend and I just put your face there and I go, it's, exactly. it's this guy and this is what's happening. And, yeah. and once we sort of build up a bit of a reputation, then I think that sort of thing's going to be kind of easy to do. My concern though is just the seat numbers. Like, so we've got well 24 seats at the moment. Uh, Non-COVID times are looking at 40 seats i want to see if we can fit in 50 seats whatever but there's just there's a there's a cap on the type of comedian we're going to be able to attract at any stage we're we're really looking for people that want to come to barcelona and want to hang out i think i think the better way to say is there's a cap on how much we can ultimately be able to pay a, a comic Right. Sorry. Yeah, we will we, take. We can anyone. get some high talent people that are working for dirt. You know, that'd as be great. As long as they're but. yeah, as long as they're very flexible. No, but they're, they're, so there's a way to expand this, which is which is somehow making it a little bit online. So a little bit of like an mm. offline online thing. We're, we're trying to think if we had like Patreon supporters that could watch or somebody. You know, we're we're now a global society. We could promote these shows, and if they want to, if people in the U.S. wanted to pay for a Zoom. Yeah, well, See, you know, people in the states, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I'm working with a guy in Lisbon towards opening up a, a venue as well. So yeah, these cool. are these are a lot of the same conversations that we're having. Um, I think it's it's trial and error. So for me, for my personal career, like I had my management in Portugal that did certain things for me, mm-hmm. and then my international, I kind of do myself. And I think you're absolutely right. I think Victor is a great example. There's a couple of other comics in Europe that are doing that, and I think that go-getter attitude yeah. is really what's what's gonna you know lead them to success. And so I'm I'm trying to learn more about the promotion side of it as well, so that I don't depend on other people and yeah. I could do it myself. Yeah. 
comedy is a very weird thing where at least when I first started, I thought it was like about being funny. And then if you're just funny and you kill all the time, then you do well. And I think maybe that's the case in, in, in places like London. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, London's very political. So you have a diff you have a different set of problems in London. Okay. It's like the US. London and the US are very similar. It's super political. I think Europe right now feels like a wild west. Yeah. Right. There's no rules. There's no anything. So that's kind of what I mean is sort of like there's not even European management. So mm -hmm. you have management that works in each country. So you have Spanish management companies that manage Spanish comedians. Yeah. Same way that you have in Portugal, same way that you have in the UK and all of this sort of stuff. We don't have European. So everyone's kind of making their own path right now, even with what you guys are doing, creating your own club, creating yeah. your own venue, you know, carving out your own space. And this is what it's all about. Um, I think we can all agree that Europe's a big space that is going to blow up. I mm -hmm. think everyone kind of has that thing. It feels like... It's, it's blowing up right now. We're in the, it. It's on the cusp, man. We're on the cusp. It's, it's already happening. They just... All we need is for the countries that matter to pay attention. Yeah. That's what, all. That's all. What countries are those? Man? Well, actually, let's start with what countries don't matter. All of them but the United States of Freedom. Yeah. No, but I do want... Uh, I wanted to bring this up because as a touring artist... Well, all right, two, two things. One, so it is the Wild West, but it means that we have a, an opportunity to remake how the system works, right? Like remake how entertainment pays performers. And historically, at least in the U.S., it was massively exploitative, right? Mm -hmm. And even, I think even in a lot of places, the promoter is the person taking home most of the money and not the performer. So we can kind of correct that. But then as a... Uh, you know, as the mechanism, like, how do you go about correcting it? Well, we have to find out from, from the touring artists what it is they're looking for. And so when we, when John and I were talking about uh, paying performers, so we don't have the biggest room. Um, and we might have to compete with like 150 seat venues, but we have the advantage of being able to offer a solo show. So I think that the way that it'll go is that like the 150 seat venue will give you a hundred euros to headline, but we might one day be able to pay you almost 200 to do a solo. Yeah, I also th I think I think in terms of uh, numbers, obviously that's an important part. But I also think because you have a different type of room, you're going to attract a different type of audience. Mm -hmm. And so your audience that comes here might not necessarily be the audience that goes to a 5000 theater because they really want that up close experience with with comics. We're going to have yeah. real comedy fans. Yeah. yeah, real hardcore comedy fans. So, like I was, I was saying, John, before, like, going to Dubai and it was this huge fucking venues that you just didn't feel like you were there to fuck around. Yeah. You know, you've got your marks to hit. And even if you don't kill, you know you're not going to bomb. Mm -hmm. So you're like, just do a good job. And that's what being a professional is like. Yeah. It's like, now you have to do it. You have to hit, hit here. Whereas in a room like this, you can fuck around. People yeah. don't care. People... They're, they're there for that close-up experience with the comedian. They're there for that close-up experience with comedy, mm -hmm. which is, I think, ultimately what us comedians enjoy the most. Right, for sure. As a comedian, this is this is how I consume comedy. I way prefer to do it in a bar where you can actually talk to people. Uh, that's a huge thing. And I think people, like you say, if you're doing it in a big theatre, especially if you haven't performed for a while, you, you have the marks that you're trying to hit, uh, but if you're doing a small room, it might be, you know, you, you tell your, your Dubai jokes at the start and that tells everyone that it's slightly less scripted and people 
comedy people want to think is not scripted even though it is i think they want to know that you didn't plan out every single thing super or they want to feel like you didn't plan out every single thing super in advance uh, even though that's not the case yeah now you you were going to say something else though when i was talking about all the the money i don't know i from my experience with starting this club the the money side has been the most stressful but also kind of the most interesting yeah i think a lot of comedians have this uh sort of knee-jerk reactionary thing where you, where you tell them some numbers and then they think oh no like th these people are definitely trying to take oh, advantage man, of me yeah. or so something like that everybody keeps thinking that we're making money off of this shit yeah i'm like i so I, what i want to do is just be completely transparent and put all of our numbers into a spreadsheet and say look we're taking you know 30 percent, but 21 percent is is yeah. eva and this is you know this is exactly where all the money goes and yeah this I, is how I, much money i gave making. andre i gave you a quote of what like the percentages are going to be and you're like well i don't know about that and i was like come oh, man like well I, I, if i'm was, gonna get a promoter like i have to pay him you know no absolutely i mean that's what I, that's what i said about like uh you know and i mean um talking about numbers on on in like a public uh but I mean, I guess if you kind of look at the percentages, say, okay, so say you've got 25 cents to pay uh, yeah. a, a promoter, promotion, whatever. So whatever money you're putting into, whatever money you're putting into online promotion, that comes out of the final budget, right? Mm -hmm. So say you put 100 euros in ads, right? So that comes out of the final thing. And then you get a percentage for the venue or the, the, or the promoter, whatever, which is kind of on the side to the, these are just operating costs. Yeah. So the marketing costs are just, they take out, uh, they're take out of the, the, the whole cake. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but again, yeah, that's it's one not of those, actually how we're managing it by the way. So, so the promoter, cause we don't really care how much money they spend on, on advertising. We're saying we'll give you this percentage and then they take off that. They would take their ad buys out of that, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they use that money to, to spend money on ads. Uh, that's just the way we're doing it right now because that's yeah. what right. makes sense. And also, it might be worth looking into, like, just say, hey, you know what? We're going to put 100 into ads and then we take that out of the final cake. Well, and the that way the thing that I, I thought was funny about that is that that means that we're taking the, we, we take on a lot of the risk and then we do the work and. Um, well, that's what promotions is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but we're, I don't know. But so, you might, so you might not want to be a promoter then. I 100,000% do not want to be a promoter. No, okay. 100,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to explain it to you, but in, in this city, we have maybe four people that are good at promotions. John is, John is one of them. Um, I am certainly not, <laughs> but I just, I thought it was funny because you were like, well, I don't do my own promotions. I need a promoter. I was like, all right, well, it's going to cost me like 25% of the thing. And you're like, well, that's too much. Can't you just, I was like, oh, my God. but it's really because he's either asking me to do it and I don't want to do it because yeah. I've just got other stuff going on or he's right. asking uh, there's So there's Hannah Becker, there's Victor or there's Luis, right? Yep. Those are really and then, and then yourself, the powerhouses. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think, um, again, it's one of those things like, I don't know how it works locally in each of the places. I just and it does work differently. And every, it does one hundred percent. It works. It's so funny when you talk to people because uh, so their priority priorities change depending on where they sit in the ecosystem. So you talk to Victor who does his own promotions and he's gonna fight to make sure that all you know a, a healthy chunk of money goes to the promoter. You talk to somebody like uh, uh, Dion Owens who is a touring headliner type comic. And he wants to make sure that headliners are getting paid properly, right? 
And then you talk to somebody who owns a bar and we're like, well, we got costs too. You know, we have to make sure. Of, co of course. You know, I think it's a process for you guys as well to understand what exactly works for you. Uh-huh. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you're still in the beginning. I mean, yeah. the whole, the podcast called Constructing Clubhouse. So you're, you're figuring out all these things. And I think with promotion, this is what my understanding from speaking to people who work in digital marketing is like, it's a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just going to be so many ads that you run. They're just not going to hit. And you have to mm -hmm. like at one given point, run two or three and try out different things and see what works. So I think there's different structures for every place. So for example, even within Europe, you've got two great scenes. You've got Berlin and you've got <coughs> Amsterdam. <coughs> <coughs> They're healthy. Uh, you're missing one. Yeah, there's oh. at least one. And Barcelona, which hey, I guess, there it is. which there I it guess is. is the only one been running right now. God damn right. Yeah, we yeah. have Jesus. literally the best scene in Europe right now, including London, yeah. Berlin, Amsterdam, wherever you like. You're you're the you're the ones that are actually up and running. So, this, <laughs> yeah. so by default, you're absolutely the best. You're right. I think, and, and I don't know what what makes Amsterdam so good to you. It's just you, you, it's just well, you can get up a lot, uh, and I also think there's more of. Uh, I think there's just an older culture of it a little bit more. People are like, everything's a bit more established. I think I'm trying to, I, I've started, I did, I started doing things in uh, Lisbon with a, a promoter there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, you know, I want to promote this stuff. And he, I want to use your expertise in working abroad and seeing how we should do it properly. So I helped him with saying, hey, this is what I think is the best experience for the comedians. This is, I think, what could be the best way for us to kind of run yeah and but it's all it's all it's because everything is so new it just takes time for things to, to become good to become solid yeah and it's a lot of trial and error and i don't think there's and any then it takes a couple of years for everybody else to realize that it is good and solid yeah, yeah, so we've had a lot of like visiting comics and they'd like go to shows like years ago and then they go and like spread it around all over the place. They spread it around Berlin. You're, you're seeing Matt's insecurity about Barcelona comedy laid yeah, out. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm oh, feeling yeah. it. I'm feeling the I'm feeling the tension. It, Bro, well, it's something I care it. very deeply about and like work very hard and specifically towards and then uh yeah, and then just anytime any you know, anybody even comes close to slighting our city, I I, I Yeah, but I wasn't I, get, I wasn't I wasn't at all slighting because <laughs> Uh, so you to, think? No, I, I wasn't. But when you of have course. a fragile ego like myself, everything's a. I can, we're all comedians know. here. We all have fragile egos. Oh, so sensitive. Um, a, Amsterdam has like a huge advantage over Barcelona. Barcelona doesn't really actually have a local English speaking population as much. Nah. Amsterdam, every single Dutch person I've ever met speaks this is true. perfect English. Yeah. So that's a huge Berlin difference. As well. Berlin yeah. is the same thing. So we're struggling against that. Um, but I think absolutely. Going, but I think no. you, I, I think the fact that you guys are being able to put on shows every day and you're mm -hmm. giving comics a chance to to come up. So, for example, the way I look at it is like, okay, I came here. I've got a few shows that give me the money that I need to just be here. Yeah, and then I'm happy to be a part of anything. Right. So we have we have to wrap up pretty soon. But I I want to ask you one question before I ask about all these shows that you're doing this week. Sure. So. Like in in terms of numbers, what kind as a touring comic, what kind of money, what's I don't know maybe the minimum that you're looking to make in a let's say a week's run in a city. I mean, uh, of course it's open ended. As much as you can make is best. Well, but. yeah, I, as much as you can make is always best. But I think at least right now you have to readjust your expectations because we're in the middle of the pandemic mm -hmm. and it's going to take some time to to kind of get back into the normality of things. Just breaking even. You know what I mean? I'm well, not like, I'm not, I'm not, let's not make money, whatever. It's just, yeah. 
we're all in a tough time. Yeah. I, I've I've accepted gigs um, at fees I wouldn't have mm-hmm. because I know that the people on the other side are suffering as much as I am. I, I know think- the promoters are suffering. I know everyone's suffering. And I think this is a time where the comedy uh, community needs to come together. Yeah. And I don't think it's a time that everyone should be looking towards profit. I think it's a time it's like, hey, you know what? Let's just try to break even and, and let's just get it out there again. Yeah, let's let's even, get people. Nice. Do comedy, yeah. Um, I think th- maybe let me ask the question in a different way. What were you making in London? Like what, what's the number we have to come over the top of in order to track talent? <laughs> London's down? not a good example because no, no it, one makes money in London. Uh-huh. Well, we, well. Really? But London is a London. There's got to be featuring comics that make her. Yeah. Song. Okay. Well, let me give you an example. So you obviously you have established comics that have been going for 20 years. Yeah. And they might do a thousand pounds on a weekend at the store, or they might do, say, a couple shows at Top Secret, couple whatever, and on a good weekend they'll pull in like five five hundred pounds maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you've kind of have. That's the number I was looking for. Yeah, so like say about five five hundred pounds, but then it, it's different. So for example, in the U.S., I know that they're doing like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a weekend at an established club. So it really depends on where you're kind of getting these these comics in their yeah. career. So the older established comics are are used. They came. They were at a time where comedy was profitable, big time profitable. You know what I mean? Like at the early two thousands, comedians were working the comedy store in London. We're doing 400 pounds a night wow. in walking distance. They did three shows, walked around. It's like that, I didn't catch that time. You guys didn't yeah. catch that time. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of adjust to what the, the, the current reality is. And um, so I think it, it, it depends. So for example, when I was working in London and I would work a Friday, Saturday night at uh, a big club, I would get 100 to 120 pounds a set. So for two sets, two 20-minute sets at a top London club, I'd make maybe 200 pounds. Yeah. Not, not bad for a day's work. Not bad, but because there's so many people, you get those. You don't get it that often. So you don't get it every weekend. Yeah. You know, so, so when you go to Europe, it's like you make some money there mm-hmm. to kind of come back. Sure. So yeah. I, think, I think 100, 120, whatever, depending on, is a good thing for like, for a 20 minute set, it's fine. Yeah, that's good. That gives us something to sort of aim for. And you talked about like breaking even, which is great. We love to hear you say that. Uh, and we're, we're basically planning on, cause we both have a spare room in our houses. So we're trying to offer people like, hey, come to Barcelona for the weekend. We've got a place for you to stay. Yeah. We can pay you this amount. It's not gonna cost you any money. We can obviously, we can give away free drinks and, and that kind of thing to comedians. So there's lots of, I think good ways we can make it accessible and interesting to comedians even still with only 24 seats i think those things help for sure like right now i had to pay for accommodation in barcelona Mm -hmm. right that's an extra cost so that means i have to make up that in shows so if you can offer yeah whatever whatever thing you can offer to the comics that are coming through it's always helpful once we get a little bit more established the deal is yeah hopefully going to be a free room and X an X num minimum, right? And then uh, uh, hopefully like a percentage of a, s- a solo show. Yeah, or something. for sure. But like so, and this and to wrap things up, we're not the only game in town, right? And there's a bunch of other shows that you can do. No, and we will be working. Hopefully, we'll be working with hand Hush in Hush hand. Comedy. Absolutely, um, they're sort of one of the powerhouses around here. 
So to end, I want to ask you, what shows are you doing this week? Where can people see you perform? Well, uh, I'm going to be tonight, which will be too late, at Hush Hush Comedy. And then t tomorrow, I'm going to do the Dirty Immigrant Show with Victor Petrushkan, which I'm also doing on the 12th. That's at Almeria Theater, yeah? Almeria Theater, yeah. And um, I'm doing a Failing in Love thing on Saturday, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh probably try to get on a couple mics here at the clubhouse and then to finish on right. my tour uh i'm gonna do el golfo in madrid el golfo comedy club with yeah. tamar Catan. i told you about this a, is that what you told me yeah it's a comedy club they've started in madrid just before we started this comedy club here uh, uh, i saw i saw charlie p post from there and i was like oh what's that yeah it seems cool we should try like an exchange program or something totally. i think that would be a great idea I think comics are like, don't underestimate the fact that comics want to travel and they want to see new mm -hmm. places. So you're like, hey, we get you Barcelona, we get you Madrid, we get you, you know, free accommodation. You don't have to worry about anything. So right. I know that people don't have the, the say that like the, the, the money power of a, a Dubai or a big scene where they're like, we pick you up at the airport. We take yeah. you to your five star hotel. Right. Everything's yeah. taken care of for you. You know, all your drinks, all your meals. You don't have to spend a cent. Right. That's not the case for everything, and I think people know that they're they're malleable. They're mm -hmm. they're open to, you know. I think especially right now, during this difficult time, comedians and promoters and everyone in the comedy industry has to work together so we can rebuild. And so, and when we rebuild and we're back to normality, then we'll all make money. Yeah, that's amazing. And everybody will be able to afford orgasms and some fuck off remover. What right? a way to finish a podcast. Yeah. That was inspirational. Thanks, Andre. Man. All right. No worries, guys. So Thank you for we, having me. Where can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Andre Comedy on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me uh, on uh, TikTok and all of those different things and YouTube. Um, I've got a YouTube series called World Citizen. And uh, But yeah, Andre Comedy on Instagram and come see my show and... Uh, Come support these guys as well. They're doing a great job and they definitely need everyone to come through and show their support so they can can stay, so they can grow and that they can build, uh, be a part of a great comedy scene. And that's it's really true. good for our self-esteem as well. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up today for Constructing the Clubhouse. Uh, as Andre said, be sure to check out our, our social media, Comedy Clubhouse BCN, and um, be sure to tune in next week. Well, where we'll, we will have another great episode. I've been Dr. Matthew Murtha. I've been John Ellis. And this has been Constructing the Clubhouse. Thank you and good afternoon. Boom. Okay, awesome.